and welcome to this episode of Consumers, Cars, Tech Talk, and more with me, your host, Phil Scott. On today's podcast, I am honored to have actress and host Jessica Ross. So Jessica, thank you so, so very much for agreeing to do this show today. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so happy to be able to be a part of your show. Thank you, Jessica. Well, like I said, it's an honor to have you on, and I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. So without further ado, let's get started. So Jessica, here's my first question for you. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background, where you were born, uh, where you went to high school and college, and what was your major in college, and how did you choose the career that you did in acting and in media in general? How did you choose that career? Yes, well, so I was born in Westlake Village, and that's where I grew up. So, so you're, think, you're a native Californian. I am. I'm one of the few. I'm native Californian. So I think that growing up out here, you're just exposed to the entertainment industry. It's all around you. Mm-hmm. And I have family in the industry. So I grew up you know, going to different events, um, going to tapings, and meeting a lot of people. So it's something that I was always interested in. And I've always been like a very energetic person that likes to be around people so as an adult you know when I was um, I I saw hard I guess like to start from your childhood and then you know go towards the I'm like cutting corners but I think looking back you know because at first like like when you're a kid you go by like what you enjoy doing and you know what's fun and then all of a sudden when you're an adult you're looking for a career you kind of like all of a sudden pull from your childhood and think okay what was I passionate about what did I love like you know what made me happy when you're all of a sudden trying to find what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. And so, and so with that being said, I mean, I, I grew up out here being exposed to the entertainment industry. Um, I was very active when I was younger. I used to like to play sports. I wasn't the greatest athlete, but I always did different sports like ice skating, gymnastics. I did some ballet, soccer, softball, track, rollerblading. I was always in two or three different sports. So that really, um, you know, kept me busy. And um, that kept me, you know, that's really what I enjoyed. My childhood was definitely like playing sports, hanging out with my friends, going to industry events. And mm-hmm. then um, I went to college at Cal State Northridge, which is pretty close to where I grew up in Westlake Village. Mm-hmm. And I majored in marketing and that's where I started taking acting classes as well. And um, I think, you know, during, during college, I really explored different careers. I did a lot of internships. I interned at you know several different entertainment industry companies. Also, I interned at a law firm. I interned at a club promotion company. And um, f- from doing that, it was like really well-rounded. I yes. also booked my first acting role in college and got my first agent. So I really, you know, I, I did a lot um, in college in terms of like, you know, getting my career started in entertainment and then also getting a degree in marketing. And then after I graduated, I started doing casting for different reality shows. And that was actually my first job, my first like day job out of college, in addition to acting, was working in casting, which really you know, helped me in acting because when you're on both sides of the camera, you can understand what casting directors are looking for. And, um, and I think it's, it's really helpful. I mean when you're an actor and you go to auditions, you're not really sure what they're thinking or what's going on you know, behind the scenes. But when you have that knowledge, it's so helpful because 
if you don't get picked for a role, you, you know, you have an understanding that it's not personal, that many times they could like you a lot, but, but there's someone else that just has like one kit, one quality that makes them a better fit, or maybe their hair color is matching the role better than your hair color. Or maybe they're, you know, it could be any little thing like they're, they're tall enough and all the clothes are made for someone that's five, nine and you're five, three or something. So right. when you don't get a role, it could be for like a hundred different reasons. And I think a lot of actors will take it personal because it's something to do with themselves. Well, you know what I find interesting? I'm, I'm glad you said that because acting and just working in, in that field and in entertainment in general, it's very competitive. And so it takes a lot of persistence and perseverance and fortitude to just stay in the field and to keep at it. What motivates you and inspires you to keep doing what you're doing? I think what inspires me is getting that dream role, whether it's starring in a reality show or a starring role in a film. It's just, that's what motivates me is like knowing that eventually I know if I work hard enough, them going to get that, that dream role. And I think you have to really want it bad enough and have the energy. I mean, I feel, I'm like, I said, I'm very energetic. I'm the type of person where I could you know, skip a day of sleep if I have to. So I'm willing to, to do whatever it takes. So I think if you have the attitude that, that that's really key, like I said, you have to be really persistent and, you know, want it more than anything, because it can be daunting when you're going on auditions and not getting a role or uh, there's many times where I've gotten roles and then your scenes are cut or the movie or show gets filmed, but then there's no money in post-production, so it doesn't air. So there's so much more to it than even just getting a role. Right. Now, what do you feel are the most interesting aspects of your work so far? Because you've done a lot of different things. And I was going to ask you to describe a typical work day, but I get the feeling you, you have so many different things that you do. Each day is different for you. Yes, it's, it's so true. I mean, you know, especially with COVID, obviously everything is completely different. Um, just, you know, I mean, nothing is the same how, how we live, but, you know, typical day, I mean, there's some days where I'm home, you know, all day updating social media, updating my IMDb, checking emails. And there could be other days where, you know, I have to go on set and I'm gone, you know, 15, 16 hours. And there might be other days where I have to self-tape to auditions and I'm, you know, preparing for that, like setting up my phone and, you know, setting up the lights in, in my place and practicing my lines. And then whenever I self-tape, I probably, probably redo it like at least 10 times till I like it. So, mm -hmm. And you have so, that, that um, flexibility and ability to do that too. Yes. I mean, that, that's one good thing about self-taping is that you can literally try, you know, you can do as many takes as you want versus obviously you go to audition, you have one take and that's it. Mm -hmm. So what, what do you find most fulfilling about all of the things that you you're doing in the entertainment field right now? I mean, there's so many different fulfilling things. It's something that I love. It's interesting. It's exciting. I think one of the best things is being able to connect to people and reach people. When people say like they watched a show or watched you film and it made them laugh or they really enjoyed seeing you that they learned something. I'm just, you know, just being able to like make people happy and put a smile on someone's face is so gratifying. And just, I mean, connecting to people is I think one of the, one of the best things like you can use your voice to really like make a change. And, um, and that's one of the best things I think about being in entertainment is that you have, you know, 
a voice and an audience. And that makes you really powerful. Are there any actors or actresses um, that you've worked with over the years that have given you some really solid advice that you haven't forgotten? I would, yes, I mean, there, there's been so many incredible people that I've worked with and um, I, I've gotten some, some great advice. I'm trying to think, I can't, you know, I don't wanna actually name names per se, but I've definitely gotten some, you know, really good advice by a lot of people. And just, I mean, to summarize it, you know, a lot of people will say to just never give up, um, to know your type, for example, um, to, you know, go for roles that fit you and to not, you know, waste time trying to pursue stuff that you're, that's not right for you. And also, you know, people always say that make sure it's what you want to do more than anything, because if it's not, then it's not the right career for you. Because with acting, it's something where you have to give 150% and you have to keep working without results. Right. Oftentimes. Now, do you find that you enjoy comedy more, dramatic stuff or a combination of both? I've always loved a combination of both. I think comedic drama has been my favorite thing to do because it's like you get both sides of things. And I feel like in general, life is like a comedic drama where you have, you know, there's some parts of life that are really sad and depressing and awful, but then there's other parts of life that are just, you know, fabulous and amazing and incredible. And that's what I love about comedic drama is that it really, you know, you get, it gets the most, like you, you encompass the whole range of emotions. Right. Now we were talking about COVID just a few minutes ago. And then that was my next question. Um, how has the COVID-19 pandemic affected you and people, you know, in the entertainment business? And also what do you feel will be the long-term effects on the industry as a whole? Um, because I know movie theaters, I mean, yes. a lot of them have had to close productions for movies and TV shows have had to shut down. Some have kind of started back slowly now. Um, But I mean, there are a lot of big, big uh, name movies, um, action movies, and just just big uh, money-making movies that have been delayed. And the studios have held them back because people can't go to to the theaters. Um, yes, and it, it's it's so sad. I mean, and I know eventually something will come out of it, but um, it, it's affected my life in so many different ways. I mean, my entire year has pretty much been rescheduled or canceled. Like I was, I'm attached to a film called Malibu Crush, and I have one of the leading roles, and they're filming right now in Australia, and I have no idea, you know, if or when I'm going to be able to shoot my scenes because there's no dates for the borders to reopen. And I mean, I remember we were talking about this back in May thinking, oh yes, you know, we're going to book our plane tickets probably June or July, start mm-hmm. filming in September. And here it is almost November. And like I said, there's no end in sight to this coronavirus. So it's very, it's very stressful. I mean, just having your entire year kind of just go up in shambles and having, you know, your plans rescheduled and then kind of having to like put everything back together. Right. And so I just think, I think that there's going to be a lot of changes. I mean, I think it's going to be a lot more towards local productions. Like I said, with our film, it was going to be shot between LA and Australia. Now who knows how that's going to happen. So I feel like it's going to be more 
you know, films are shot in their own countries and it's going to be, you know, more, like I said, locally oriented with local actors, you know, airing locally. I think a lot of things are going to shift towards like lower budget and self-produced content and social media mm-hmm. um, because nowadays, you know, that's where everybody is. They're on their computers and on their phone. So on one end, I feel like, well, while it's going to be difficult to get, you know, attached to a major production on the other end, like, you know, low budget and, you know, stuff that you can do at home now has a chance of becoming huge. Right. Um, And then financially speaking too, I, I, I can see where the movie industry and television is just taking a huge hit and it's going to be difficult. I think in a lot of respects for it to come back at least quickly Yes, because I feel of, like it's going to take several years. I mean, like I said, just the fact that it's almost November and I just traveled two weeks ago and I had to wear a mask the entire time at the airport on the plane. Never again, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me about that experience. Well, I, I have a new respect for anyone who has to wear a mask at work. That's for sure. Um, it was, you know, I, I, had to, I loved my vacation in Florida. I was in Florida for a week and it was absolutely beautiful. I just... I lived by the pool and by the beach. I, I'm a water person. So as long as I have a pool and a beach, I'm happy. But what, what I wasn't so happy about was having to wear a mask for over eight hours between the Uber ride to the airport, wearing a mask at the airport, waiting for your flight, wearing your mask on the plane, wearing your mask after you land, waiting, wearing your mask when you get your luggage, wearing it to get your Uber, wearing it in your Uber to the hotel. <laughs> was like okay I've had enough it's not easy is it no it is so uncomfortable and annoying and then I mean we get to our resort and I kid you not there was five restaurants four of them were closed and then one restaurant that was open shut down at 4 p.m and I mean like who eats dinner at like 3 (laughs) p.m yeah that's crazy yes I mean it's it's a completely different world out there and so I'm telling you, if I didn't have the beach or a pool, I would have been bored out of my mind. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's literally like they had a, a midnight curfew. So all there's no like, you know, nightclubs or events, you know, everything's just kind of like small bars and restaurants. Um, and, you know, LA, of course, is even worse. I think, you know, I know Orange County is much more reopened, but out here it's, you know, pretty much mostly dead. Yeah. What are the restaurants like there? Are most of the restaurants still closed or do they have outdoor dining? Because down here um, in San Diego County, um, there a lot of restaurants have outdoor dining now. But see, that's going to be an issue when it gets to rainy season. And we had a little bit of rain over the weekend. And so how are, people aren't going to be able to be doing that um, for an extended well, period of time. No, I, and I think that maybe they'll allow indoor dining at like a lower capacity because up in Ventura County, they allow indoor dining, but it's like 25% capacity or something like that. So you'll go to a restaurant and there's like a long line outside for there to be like 20 people inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah, so it's, it's like, yeah, we have, we have a lot of outdoor dining and rooftop dining, which is nice, but it's still not the same. I mean, there hasn't been, you know, good red carpets since March. So, um, and it, it's like literally there's been a few private parties here and there, but right. absolutely, absolutely nothing like normal. And like even um, shows like, I think, what was it the Billboard Music Awards that, yes. and the CMAs and I mean, all that stuff is like 
virtual now and just people people can't attend and that must be just the weirdest thing it, it doesn't make any sense i can't imagine like pretty artists and they're on stage singing and there's no audience yeah I that's mean, this must feel so weird yeah it's, it's it's bizarre this whole thing has been bizarre to deal with yes i mean i don't think anyone could have thought like a year ago that i was complaining that there's too many events and they had no time <laughs> that all of a sudden it would turn into this that I'm just like praying for things that just reopen and get back to normal. Yeah, normal, some sense of normal would be awesome. That's for sure. Yes. And and so and that's why, like I, I said, think things are going to go towards social media and towards like online TV, like you know, whatever. It's like Apple TV, Amazon, um, Instagram TV, all mm-hmm. that stuff. I think that, that the next hit shows and films are, you know, like I said, it's all going to be online now at least for the near future. Right. And and when you look at it too, business in general has changed because a lot of people are working from home, like I'm sure you've done a lot. And um, it's just, it's changed. And and I think a lot of companies are saying, hey, you know, you know what? This is working. Why don't we have our employees stay at home and do their work there? So I think this pandemic has changed a lot and especially a lot will be changing moving forward yes i mean and yes i just you know like i said i I just hope things get back to normal and filming resumes and my agent's office reopens and just and we have events again i mean i just like i just miss everything i feel like all of a sudden like i said everything was going along pretty smoothly and then it just kind of like a like a meteor hit or a crash and it just kind of stopped and i've been doing like i've been doing a lot but I still miss how, you know, how things were before. Yeah, it's, it seems like it was a lifetime ago too, but hopefully things will change soon. Keeping yes, my fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I mean, I feel like, you know, we're getting closer and closer. It's, it's been, it's almost the end of the year. So I think it, it should be soon, but, you know, we, we have a, obviously a lot in the air. So, so just a lot to think about. Yes, um, absolutely. Well, Jessica, we are going to take our first break now. All right. Welcome back to more Consumers, Cars, Tech Talk, and more with me, your host, Phil Scott. And I'm speaking with actress and host, Jessica Ross. So again, thank you, Jessica, for doing the show today. You're welcome. And my next question for you is about movies and television and i wanted to ask you because i know you've done a lot of different things do you enjoy working in movies or televisions more and also do you prefer acting hosting or or even being an executive producer because i know you've done a little bit of that too i enjoy film and tv equally i mean they're both so different and i think that's what i what i like about them is you know for example with with a tv show it's different episodes and you know um, it's a different format and you know with a film it's like you don't even know how it's going to turn out first of all because a lot of times with a film you film you do your scenes and not in chronological order so you'll be doing your like one week you're doing scenes that are at the beginning of the film and another week they're at the end and then the next week you're doing scenes that are at the middle so when you do a film it's like you have no idea how it's going to turn out versus a tv show it's the format and how things are going to go it's pretty predictable and, um, and so that's, that's what makes it different. But 
I said, I really enjoy both equally. They're both a lot of fun and really exciting. I would say with a film though, you get more time to prepare versus with TV shows, you know, you a lot of times you get your lines very mm -hmm. last minute. Right. Now, so you definitely have to think more on your feet when it comes to TV. Now, tell us about your experience uh, on Fashion Dolls. And also, if you would, tell us about some of your movie appearances and which ones seem to be your favorite in your career so far. And you can include television, too. Yeah, well, definitely. So, yeah, so I did Fashion Dolls a few years ago, and that was a show ensemble cast of six girls. And it was about us throwing, of course, pre-COVID, different parties relating to fashion, like fashion shows, red carpet events, stuff like that all over Los Angeles, and just all the trials and tribulations that went on. And so it was, it was a really fun show because there was a lot of interesting things that happened and a lot of, you know, mistakes and, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly because it was reality shows. So a lot of times like we would have a fashion show and models wouldn't show up and we'd have to like find models last minute. And then, you know, one of us would forget to like email or confirm with an agency and the models would show up. So there is like, you know, all these little things that happen. And then there's other times when we just throw a party and the expectations were much better than we expected. Like we we're super excited. And then other times things would be a disaster. So it really, you know, showcased, you know, our, our personalities. And um, it, was a, it was a good experience because I got to see how the show was made. I would get to, you know, watch behind the scenes, like choosing the locations, talking to producers, like how they, you know, made their decisions and stuff. So, you know, working on a reality show, and especially when that's like low budget, you really get to learn a lot. Right. Now, and, also, uh, um, when, you, when you're doing reality show, just what is that like in, in terms of comparing that to doing a scripted show? Um, like you said, there, there are things that happen. It's, it's like, real things that are actually going on so you're dealing with things that that you wouldn't expect that would come up um what did you enjoy more doing the reality shows or, or doing scripted work yeah they're I mean, again they're, they're both so different but i have to say in a way i think scripted almost gives you more freedom mm -hmm. because you're playing someone else it's funny like when you're doing reality you're you're playing you're yourself but it's like you're a different version of yourself because you know there's a camera on you and no matter what like the camera is going to change your personality and change your reactions so even if there's i mean there's times in the show where there was things that i want to say or do but i didn't do so because there was a camera in front or several cameras in front of me mm -hmm. and so with that being said i think like i said when you're doing a scripted role you get to be someone else and there's more freedom because you're a character and it's not like anything that you say or do is attributed to yourself Right. Um, so like I said, there, there's something about, you know, just being able um, to have that freedom. Uh, tell us some of, about some of your movie appearances and, and your, 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 your favorite ones or your favorite work that you've done on television, whether it was acting or, or hosting an event. What have been your favorite things to do so far? Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've loved all my different appearances. You know, like I said, each one was different and I learned from. Mm -hmm. I have to say, I mean, some of my favorite things I love doing is red carpet interviews. I think what, what is really fun about those, like I interviewed Christina Vine, which mm -hmm. I thought was so exciting. I wish that she was the one interviewing me because <laughs> she uh -huh. was, you know, it's a six time Emmy winner. And um, I mean, stuff like that is like 
you know, just interviewing people such, you know, such as herself that have won 16 Emmys and other celebrities that I interviewed that have, you know, they've been working for 30 years, 20, 30 years and meeting them and hearing their stories and learning about them and listening to their advice. I think that's, what's really exciting. I mean, like when you host, when you're hosting a red carpet, it's unpredictable. You never know who's going to show up, what they're going to say and what's going to happen. So there's really like that element of excitement. That does sound exciting. Yes. No, it, it is. And like I said, there's some stuff like, like I said, that we cut out and I'm like, I just keep it for my personal use. <laughs> it's really good or hilarious or interesting. So, and you know, it's like even stuff like glitches with the camera. I mean, and, or like sometimes um, there's times where like I'm interviewing you know, a, a really top celebrity. And then I kid you not, a random person will like walk in front of us in the interview. And then, and then the celebrity's reaction just, you know, makes it, makes it golden. I mean, just to see like people unscripted and to see people surprised and you, all the stuff. That, mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, can you uh, think or remember of any really funny things that have happened to you on the red carpet with celebrities? Yeah, there's, gosh, I, I'm sure there's so many, I'm sure different interesting things um, that have happened to me. I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, I think, I think there, there's been a few times when, because I, I wear, you know, pretty high heels when I go to events mm-hmm. and um, once or twice when I've been, you know, walking up to introduce myself to people, I've almost tripped and fell oh, on no. the red carpet. So, yes. <laughs> so I'm an expert at like catching myself mid <laughs> like walking and it's like hi nice to meet you. and you're like and you're like you know you have to keep your cool like as you're like stumbling and like have a big smile on your face so yeah that that's happened several times wow and and yeah because sometimes like I said red carpets they're not only indoors but sometimes you know they're, they're outside or on concrete and it's uneven and you don't notice in the carpet so all of a sudden you know, you're trying to like walk down with with your huge heels with with a long dress and and then boom, there's like a bump on the red carpet. And so, but luckily I haven't officially fallen down yet. Thank God. Yeah. Thank goodness. Oh, yeah, we would not want that making it on the evening news. <laughs> no, no, that I'm like, I'm like that. I'm like, can we please not make that live? <laughs> Edit that scene out. We can save it for my records for me to laugh at <laughs> it's not for the public to watch. Well, you, you mentioned earlier um, working and your, your background, being able to work behind the scenes. Um, do you ever see yourself doing more of that in the future? Because it sounds yeah. like you, you, you got a great deal of experience and knowledge um, doing that coming up in the business. Yes, definitely. I mean, I, I like, you know, I like to be able to do a mixture of both. I mean, I'm also a publicist, so I, do my own publicity and since I've been doing my own publicity for so long I can't imagine hiring a publicist because it's like I'm used to having that control and you know being able to like choose the media outlets that I you know pitch myself to and being able to like kind of like control my image um I really like that and I do want to do some more producing I actually am planning to produce my own reality show pretty soon so looking forward to that I, I have to I have to, um, you know, finish it up, but yeah, I'm super excited. And it kind of, um, it blends well with COVID. It's very timely. And, um, and yeah, I, I love, I have done a little bit of producing, like you said, and I really like it because you get to have, again, like 
you get to have say over how something turns out. When, you, when you're an actor, you have no control over your image in a show. You have no control over the editing. But when you're a producer, it's like you, you actually get to have say. And it's kind of like the project is yours on both sides. You know, I think you have like a sense of ownership. So I'd love to be able to you know, star and produce in something. Produce something star and produce a show with, with a team of other people as well, of course, to help make it a hit. Yes. Yes. And, and, and I agree with you about producing. Um, like I, I am the producer of this podcast. And so it's, it's nice to be able to choose the guests that I have. Yes. Um, talk about the topics that I want to discuss because it's, it's a wide variety for me. And so I'm able to decide what I talk about, who I interview and it, it, it's nice having that creative control over what you're doing. Yes, exactly. Because so many times you have done stuff and I'm not very happy with how it turns out and there's nothing you can do. So I, I do think that, you know, being able, it's a blessing if you can actually have a production credit and an acting credit on something. I mean, that's just, it's, I can't wait to be able to do that. So hopefully soon. Yes. Yes, I I can see you doing some wonderful things. I mean, it sounds like you're really excited and you really get a kick out of doing what you do in the business. And that means a lot. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I really do love it. And if, if I didn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a part of it because it's, you know, it's so much effort and, um, and a lot, you know, a lot of work and I'm like a very impatient person. So the fact that, you know, it takes, it takes you know a long time to make it um is really like i said the fact that i'm being patient and you know i'm willing to go to 500 auditions mm -hmm. uh, and that's how, that's how much i love it if you could go back in time and get the starring role in any movie any classic movie that's out there one of your favorite movies what role would it be and what movie would it be the other there's several movies that i love but one of the movies it was one of my favorite films that i watched over and over growing up was a devil wears prada mm -hmm. and i just would love to have you know i guess any of the leading roles in that film because it was the epitome of a comedic drama i feel like um it was it was smart it was funny it was, you know, I had, I love fashion. So of course it was right up my alley where it was, you know, um, when I was in high school and watching the film, I remember it, it, it really taught me, it gave me like a, an introduction to what the real world was going to be like. I just remember watching that film and thinking, okay, this is what it's going to be like when I graduate college and get into the real world. Um, and just like I said, the acting in that film was just so on point. And I can, like I said, it's one of the few films I can watch over and over. So just to have one of the leading roles in that film would be a dream come true. Now, fast forward to now or in the future. If you could choose a role for yourself, um, you're the star and you're the executive producer and you're there. You could even be taking some directing credit and being the director too. What kind of role would you want to have and why? Well, I would want to have a role that's, you know, a very, that's a strong, you know, intelligent, um, beautiful woman. I think like oh, to show that, you know, women 
I honestly, to be inspiration and to show like a woman has more sides to her. I think like a lot of roles for women out there are, you know, very one-sided and there's not a lot of depth to them. So I would really, like I said, to just to, I'd love to have, it'd be a comedic drama, um, of course. And um, it would just be a role that has a bunch of different sides to it. And, you know, that, that really is empowering for women and that, you know, can showcase my dramatic side and my comedic side and, you know, put it all together and really have people like get to know me as an actor and wherever they watch a film and they go, wow, this film's incredible. And that, that's my goal in everything that I'm a part of is for people to see and go, wow, this is amazing. I want to watch it again. And that would be like the kind of film that I want to make is something that's going to leave an impression on people and hopefully change how they think about things. That's awesome. And, and, and that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect because when we come back from our next break, that's going to lead into my next question that I have for you. So I'm going to keep you in suspense for a little bit, Jessica. And when we come right back, we'll have more of my fun discussion with Jessica Ross. And welcome back to Consumers, Cars, Tech Talk, and more with me, your host, Phil Scott. And I am talking with Jessica Ross today, and I'm enjoying my interview with her. Now, Jessica, my next question, because that was like the perfect lead-in to my next question that I had for you. Um, this is my question. For me and other people that I've spoken to, and it seems like it's the same for you too, it's important to have great female role models in the media today and now more than ever. Who has been your biggest and most important role model or role models in your career and in your life? And do you feel an important responsibility to young girls and even adult women to be a wonderful female role model yourself? Yeah, that, that's such an interesting question. And I have to say that you know, I've met so many amazing people and I'm sure you've heard this before, but you know, because it really is in the industry, there's so many talented and intelligent people that my role models are, you know, all the female producers and directors and photographers out there that are, you know, making more roles for women. I mean, I remember when I got my first agent in college, he told me that 80% of all acting roles are for men. And I mean, that's a, you know, really sad statistic to think about that. Yes. And, and the thing, I mean, 50% of the population is women. So that, that really has to change. And like I said, so any woman out there that's producing their own show, producing films, you know, doing a podcast, all the, you know, all these women that are putting themselves in male dominated industries and giving opportunities to women are my role models, because that's really what we need more of. You know, we need, I mean, can you even think of like one or two, you know, fem uh, female directors? It's, it's difficult. And so that needs to change. Like there needs to be, you know, a female Steven Spielberg for example. Right. Um, and I think that my generation is going to be the one to change it. I mean, finally, you see like so many women that are coming up in so many different parts of the entertainment industry. And, you know, all these trailblazers, um, you know, are setting the stage for people like myself. So all these women that have worked hard and, you know, pushed boundaries and, you know, just dealt with, you know, all the stuff that they've had to deal with, um, coming, you know, making it to the top have, have set the stage um, for us. And I do think um, it's, it's very important to be a role model. You know, if you're an actress and you're in the public eye, like myself, you, 
you need to be able, I think, to behave in a way that if people emulate you, that it's positive. Because I mean, whatever you do, people are watching and people are going to follow you. And I think that you have that responsibility that if you're out there and you're doing and you're in public, I think it's important to be able to be a good person, especially nowadays, and to be positive and to give, you know, people like if, you know, um, a leader, because we need leaders nowadays. And, um, you know, people like, especially, you know, celebrities that have millions of followers, they're so influential. Um, you know, like, like I said, and whatever they say or do, their fans, you know, they take it to heart. Um, so no matter what level you're at, it's, it's important to be a role model. And I think that that's how you can help change society is like when people see celebrities doing stuff at all levels, people see them doing good, then they're going to want to do good. If they see celebrities, you know, doing things that they shouldn't be doing, then other people are going to think it's okay. Right. They do have a lot of influence in our society and face it, these days, things tend to happen in real time. Whereas 20 years ago, you didn't have Twitter, you didn't have all these other social media sites where things are posted in an instant. So now even more than before, um, you've got to be really careful about what you do and what you say because in just an instant, boom, it's out there. Yes. And I remember, I remember um, someone once told me, and it was, I always remember this. They say, you can, you know, be good all year, but you do one thing bad. And that's what people are going to remember you for. That's right. And, and that's one of the, speaking, of, I think from the first question, one of the biggest, best pieces, best pieces of advice that I've gotten was um, that person that told me that. And it's so true. And especially nowadays, like with social media, like I said, you do one thing wrong. And it's going to be all over the internet and people are going to talk about it. And that could affect you getting roles, you keeping roles, you know, your, your agent can drop you, your, you know, your fans could dislike you. And once you lose support from your fans and the people around you, then, you know, your career could be over. And um, it's, you know, it's, they say like an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. And I truly believe that when it comes to publicity and your career, is, is that if you can prevent something bad from happening, it's so much better than having to clean up that mess afterwards. Absolutely. Um, and um, there are many a tale of people in the public eye who've made one slip up or had a number of slip ups yes. and it's caught up with them and it's affected their careers. So, I mean, they have to be even more mindful and diligent about making wise and responsible choices. Yes, definitely. You know, you can't just think of yourself being like, whenever I post something on social media, I always think, okay, who's going to see it? You know, you have to think like a 10 year old child can see it. You know, your, your worst enemy can see it. Your employer can see it. And you can't just post um, without thinking, you know, I think that's what, you know, a diary is for or (laughs) something on your, like a notepad on your phone or something, but people really need to filter themselves. And I mean, I, for me, like, I just, for me, like, I'm all about my social media, talking about my work, talking about good things, you know, and that's how I like to keep it because um, I think like, if I can just, you know, make a good impression on people and, you know, make the world a better place, like that's good. You know, I'm happy. Well, I love that. I love that attitude. And that's the way I feel about social media. I think 
there's a lot of negativity that's out there on social yes. media, but yes. when it's used for good, it's awesome and it's amazing. Yes, like I've seen so many like um, GoFundMe campaigns where people have raised money for such you know good causes, whether it's an illness or you know a fam uh, something with a family member, an accident or whatever. I mean, so much positivity where people have raised thousands or millions for different causes because of social media. So it's like you see like you know you can really put social media um, to good use and you know do you know do a lot of great things with it. But on the other end, there's a lot of bad people on there who use it for negative things and you know, spread it, use it to cause trouble. So um, because I think it's so unregulated, it's like social media is like the last frontier where anything can happen and anything is possible. Yeah, yeah. And, and sadly, um, you've, you've got a lot of bad people out there. But like I said, there are some people that use it for good. And you're one of those people that use it for good. And it's all about to me, it's I believe in positive karma. And when yes. you do good things, good things will come your way. And so then, true. Yes. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, so true. I was going to say, I totally agree with that. And I've seen that firsthand. Yeah. And it just, for me, if you're going to use a platform as influential and as strong as social media, use it for good. Exactly. I mean, Exactly. That, that's my attitude because there already is so much bad going around. It's like, why do you want to, you know, people want to be like self-destructive and just, I don't know, just put, I don't know, just put negative stuff out there. I don't understand the point of it, but I think a lot of it is, you know, people feel that way about themselves and they want to, you know, that's how they feel deep down inside and there's a lot going on with them and they feel the need to express it to the rest of the world. Um, and I guess, you know, that's the negative thing about social media. It gives everyone a voice, including some people that maybe shouldn't have a voice. <laughs> so yes. some people like, some people should be quiet. Like there's some people that just like, you know, shouldn't be allowed to tweet or, you know, <laughs> post on Instagram. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> well, that goes to that old saying, if, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Exactly. Or hire a social media person. <laughs> 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 wow that's a, that's awesome right. well jessica what are some of your other interests outside of work when you have free time and did you do a lot of traveling pre-covid-19 yeah yes yeah I, i've traveled a lot like i've been i've um you know, been in a few different countries i've been all over the united states and yeah i was i traveled once post-covid so yes i love i love to travel I love going out with friends, spending time with family. I love fashion. When things open up again, I actually want to start doing a petite clothing line. I'm petite and I've struggled with finding clothes that fit me right. So I've been to so many different designers when they want to give you clothes to wear for red carpets, for example, and I go to their showrooms and everything is too big. Um, so they don't make stuff in petite sizes. They just make sample sizes are in size like two, four, six, and eight, for example. Mm -hmm. They don't make them in double zeros or zeros, which is, for example, my size. So that's one of the things I'm really passionate about. I've always loved fashion and I wanted to um, create a line, you know, for, for women my size, because I think there's so many women out there that struggle with finding clothes that fit them. Well, you seem to have a, a good fashion sense about you and, and about things that you like fashion-wise too. Yes, so, definitely. I, I'm, I'm really picky. I mean, I can go in a store and 
just look at everything and be like, no, I like that, I like that. I can just tell like how it does in the hanger. And I, I don't necessarily follow trends. I really go by what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what gives me my sense of style is like I said, because just because something's trendy does not mean that I'll wear it. Like right. I have to try something on, make sure it looks good. I feel good in it and I wear it. And I think that that really shows like any outfit that I'm wearing, you know, it's something that I believe in. It's not, I'm not just wearing it to look cool or to be trendy. I'm wearing it because I like it. And I think that that's one of the keys to having your own sense of style. And one of the reasons why I want to create a fashion line is because people have always complimented my sense of style. They've asked me if I'm a designer. I'm like, someday. So that, that's definitely one of my pet projects. And I love to go outdoors. I love, you know, I love the water. I'm a Pisces. So mm-hmm. I love to be by the beach or in the pool. I'm happy. So I, I, did, a, I did a lot of that this summer. And um, like I said, anything outdoors, whether it's hiking, bike riding, you name it. I love all outdoor activities. And I love going to events and socializing, going out to dinner. I just love doing I just love to be out and um, doing all different things. So I'm that type of person that's usually never home. Well, that takes me to my next question. How would you describe your personality, Jessica? So I would describe my personality. I think I said this already, though, is I'm very energetic. I'm very motivated. I would say I'm impatient. I hate waiting in line. If there's a line and it's more than five minutes, I leave. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I would, and I, yes. And um, I would definitely say I'm very ambitious. I have a lot of goals in my life that I want to achieve. And I think that that, that's a good part of my personality. I love animals. I've always been an animal lover. What's your, um, do you have any pets right now? I don't have pets right now, but I, I used to, when I was younger, I had so many different pets. I had birds, I had dogs, I had a cat, I had a hamster, I had a rabbit. When I was younger, I always would have at least two or three pets. And, and um, Did mm-hmm. one of your pets stand out or a couple of your pets stand out as, as your favorites when you were growing up? Yes, yes, several. I mean, one of them, um, I, had, I had a bird and her name was Angel. And um, she was so intelligent. I mean, Whenever I had a pet, I was always amazed as to how intelligent animals are. Like we really under we really underestimate them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this bird, she she was so smart. So um, we were in a two story house, and her her cage was in my room, which was above the garage. And well, when I started driving, my bird was so smart that it knew the sound of my car when I would pull up to the driveway, and it would no start way. screaming whenever <laughs> I came home. Yeah. So my mom and my dad would know whenever I was coming home. Because my bird would start screaming at the top of its lungs. Wow. I, yeah. And it somehow got, it somehow connected, like, because never I would go, you know, I'd come back home, I'd go out to my room. Um, my bird somehow connected the sound of my car to me walking up to the room. And I kid you not, like clock, like clockwork, my bird would know when I was coming home and start screaming. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. I was like, what? And mind you, this was like a little cockatiel. It wasn't even a parrot. I mean. You've seen those birds are like those little gray birds. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so to think, I mean, I, I was very impressed. <laughs> so if, if Jessica ever came home late one night, the bird would tell off on her. <laughs> well, I, actually, no, we had an alarm for that. <laughs> oh, we, no, we, we actually had this lovely alarm um, and it was really special. They, they had, a, you could put on like 10 different modes. And one of them was like this door window mode where it would record a time that you anytime a window or door was open. 
So that got me grounded very often. Let me tell you. Wow. Um, I, <laughs> I kid you not. Like several times, my dad would be like, "So what time did you get home?" And I'm like, "My curfew at twelve thirty. And then my dad would be like, "The alarm said you got home at two forty-five a.m." Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, that alarm is lying. <laughs> like, <that> alarm is- <laughs> the time was wrong. <laughs> So, <laughs> so yeah. funny. I know. I'm like, yeah. So between the burn and the alarm, I was, I was grounded pretty often. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but you still so. turned out to be an amazing person regardless. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Thank you. No, I'm sure my parents would agree, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know they would. So finally, Jessica, and we, you've, you've already talked about this already. But my last question was, what do you see yourself doing in the future? Now, you've already talked about wanting to do a clothing line and doing some other things. What are what other things do you see yourself doing in the future? Well, definitely having my own TV show. That's one of the things I plan on doing in the future. And gosh, you know, one day I would like to be a homeowner um, by, well, I'm in LA, so I guess I'd have to settle on a condo. I don't think I'm going to be able to buy a house in the near future, but I'd love to be able to within the next few years uh-huh. um, buy a condo because I've been renting and I just feel like it'd just be so nice to like have your own place, like knowing that you own something. Yes. So I think like having my own reality show and being a homeowner would be my goals for the next few years. Wow. Well, Jessica, my goodness, what a fun interview this has been. So let's have you on again in the future and to, to update and see what you're doing because you are such an interesting fascinating person and i love that you try to be a really awesome person you have good karma you have great positive energy and that will continue to take you a long way jessica well thank you i appreciate it it was so lovely to um be able to, to be able to speak with you today and i really enjoyed my conversation. I think it was really fun. Thank you. It was fun. And I appreciate you coming on the show. That means a lot. So thank you so much. You're welcome. I look forward to appearing on your show again and having some great news and hopefully things will be back to normal too. Yes. Yes. Some normalcy would be awesome for sure. So Jessica, thank you so much. That is our episode. That's the end of our episode today of consumers, cars, tech talk, and more. I want to thank all my listeners so much for listening today. Everyone, be careful out there. Be safe. Take care of one another. And I will be talking to you again soon. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.